As hilarious as that music may sound, it is not how I want to kick off my podcast. Welcome to the Michael Aldred Comedy Podcast. It's going to be so much fun where he makes humor of himself and the many things in New York City. Oh, and by the way, this is not the voice of Bruno. Boobs. Auschwitz. Poop. I voted for Trump. How you guys doing? How you guys doing, huh? Let me just start off by saying... Uh, the reason I said those words is because I was recently having a conversation with a girl on Bumble, the Bumble application, and, um, you know, she asked me if I ever use any material I get from dating or Bumble for my comedy act, and I said, not really, I don't remember my exact answer, but I said, but you're welcome to try, uh, you know, give me your best shot, so that was her that was her text, uh, or her, her message that she replied with. And it did make me giggle. So, uh, that's the backstory to those, um, remarks that I started the show with. Uh, now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow through with a promise I made to you guys, uh, a while back, which was that I would read some conversations from Bumble. I'll just read this conversation. Uh, again, it was an idea that a bunch of married women had that I work with. When I started to read them conversations from Bumble, they found it very interesting. And I figured uh, I would do that for you guys and, and hopefully find it interesting. So uh, I won't say her name, but I matched up with a girl and she initiated by saying, hey Michael, and I said, what up, do you live in New York? She said, I do, I'm in Chelsea, you? I said, nice, I'm in Midtown West, moving to Financial District soon, are you from STL? I forget why I asked that, I think um, it mentioned where she went to college and it was a school in, in Missouri or St. Louis, and um, she said, nope, but went to school there was just gonna ask you about Missouri, lol. Are you from St. Louis? And I says, I went to high school in St. Louis and college at Mizzou. Uh, uh, and she said, ha, just the fact that you've heard of uh, the school I went to, well, let me take that back. I, I mentioned your school, but I just omitted that, just so she's less identifiable in St. Louis, but I said it's a good school. And she said, uh, ha, ha, just the fact that you've heard of it is awesome. People are normally just really confused about the geography. Where did you go to high school, right? Typical St. Louis question, guys. Uh, everyone asks that from St. Louis, so we, there was an LOL that was deserved just for that, right? Even though you guys know that I don't use LOL, I use L-E-L. -E but nevertheless, she said, I lived in the Clayton area uh, on campus all four years, but now... Uh, but I know the city pretty well. I said, Clayton's great. I went to Eureka High School, lived in Wildwood. What's your degree? She said, fashion design. I may as well just say where she went to school. It's not like you guys are going to know. Uh, Washington University was the only good school that offered it, LOL. What about you? I said, business marketing. And she says, sounds like a good choice. Sadly, I don't use much slash any of what I learned in school as an adult. Cute emoticon. Uh, I says, ha, 
Yeah, it's a stepping stone. How you like in New York? She said, I love it. Been here since after I graduated, over seven years now. And I say, you're a real New Yorker then. How's the dating, or whatever you want to call it, been since you moved here, right? That's how I feel it out, guys. I say, or whatever you want to call it, right? Because dating is a very specific word. Whatever you want to call it is everything. <laughs> uh, she said, ha, 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 non-existent. At least for me, it's really tough. All-female office doesn't help either. I said, NYC is tough, especially for women, but not impossible. The life experience is probably the most valuable part of living here. I'm down to chill sometime, though. Uh, you up for that, or do you want to get to know each other better here? She said, oh, yeah, agreed for sure. I'm a much, much stronger person for having lived here. And yeah, we should definitely grab a drink. Maybe next week. I happen to be headed out of town this Thursday through Sunday. I said, K sounds good. And she goes, well, in the meantime, I'd like to hear more about you. What's your bio line mean? Are you a comedian in your spare time? Yeah, I says. I just got off stage just now in the Upper East Side. She said, cool. So do you, ha do, you do that and have a full-time day job? Good for you. I said, yeah, I do, thanks. It's easy when you're hilarious. She said, ha ha. Well, I don't even like to do easy things when I'm tired. So I was right the first time. Good for you. So do you get a lot of your material from Bumble? Right? We're doing a callback now, guys. You're gonna... We're zooming out. You're getting a little more information, right, guys? Alright, so I says... I made one joke tonight and mentioned Bumble, but it was an indirect uh, reference to Bumble and it wasn't material derived specifically from Bumble. She said, okay, cool, so screen grabs or screenshots from this conversation won't necessarily be in your act tomorrow. Thumbs up. Good to know, she says. I said, nope, you have nothing to worry about. Ha! Ha ha. Little does she know, guys, that uh, the entire conversation is going to the entire world on my podcast. Anyway, she says, ha ha, honestly, I wouldn't even care. I'd be proud if I managed to say something jarring enough to get in a comedy act with a... a Another emoto kind of with like a growl face. And then I said, well, you're welcome to try. Ha. So this is where she says, boobs, Auschwitz, poop. I voted for Trump. And then she says, how was that? And I says, I giggled, ha ha, with a laughing emoticon. And she goes, victory. And I go, maybe I'll just get up and recite those words as my opening line sometime. And then just sit there in silence. And she said, I think it'd be foolish if you did anything else. I think you're set on content for at least a year or two. And I go, look at you. A little sense of humor I detect. Now guys, let me pause here and just say, if you, don't, if you didn't sense it, we just got into a tract right here. I'm kind of digging the interaction, if that makes sense. She showed she has a sense of humor and we get each other, right? So let's move on. Let's continue. She says, well, you gave me a good prompt to work with. And yes, I dabble in the art of sarcasm. I says, I like a dabbler. We are connected on a humor tract. And she goes, yeah, glad to talk to someone who gets it. Often convos fall flat here. How often do you perform shows? As often as I can, I say. It's my passion. I think the person has to be listening to pick up the humor and, of course, smart enough to recognize it. She goes, I think the latter reason is the most often problem. Would you ever want to pursue comedy full-time? I said, yeah. I did for a couple years after college. But it didn't take off fast enough, so I'm just 
So it's just like rebalancing one stock portfolio. I decided to shift my own focus to having a day career, but I am trolling for that catapult. <laughs> she said, gotcha, good approach. I was likely on the path to becoming an artist slash painter or costume designer, but didn't want to take the risk, which is kind of how I landed on fashion. Best of both worlds. Still paint on the side when I can. And I go, that's great. It's nice to be able to keep art as an art. You can do what you want in your... You can do that in your sitch easily because there's no pressure on it. She said, yeah, definitely. And I get just enough creativity at work to keep it from becoming mind-numbingly boring. I says, sounds okie-dokie. I guess I still feel like I have unfinished business in the entertainment business. My heart tells me that a lot lately, at least, guys. That's what I says to her, and that's what I'm saying to you. And she said, yeah, I hear you. Entertainment industry is very alluring. Have you ever done any TV appearances? And I go, yeah, it can be for sure. <laughs> Small scale stuff. Had a new story on me uh, where they interviewed me about me. Was uh, an extra in a couple flicks as well. Believe it or not, I just sent in an audition thing for The Bachelor. She said, ha 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 ha, OMG. I bet you'll get on it. I said, yeah, question mark. She goes, I don't watch, but I believe the qualifications are attractive and entertaining personality. And you seem to have both is what I didn't say but what happened to me guys what I did say is well aren't you the master of compliments thank you and she goes what's the percent breakdown of interest in meeting a girl versus getting natural national publicity FYI no wrong answer here lol I said well in all honesty I know I'll meet the right girl somehow and some way I'm not worried about it or in a rush I'm definitely open to it and will keep an open mind if I get on. But not trying to force anything, you dig? I want to do it because I think it will be fun and if I don't take it too seriously, it'll be great exposure for, for everything. She said, solid answer. I said, you can screenshot that and tweet it if I ever get famous, haha. -ha. She said, lol, will do. I may have some good connections for you. I neglected to mention that my fashion job is actually developing style segments for the Today Show. <laughs> I probably should cut this out, um, since now she <laughs> may be identifiable. Um, anyway, I said, oh wow, that's awesome, holding out on me, huh? She goes, lol, not intentionally. Um, and I go, I'll have to do my Michael Strahan impression for you. She said, oh man, I can't wait. I said, his lisp is sexy. She said, do you sharpie over your front teeth when you do it? I said, ha ha, yeah, or something. I put a ball, a small black square at the center of my top two teeth. She said, ha, I like it. Really commit to the part. Do you ever watch today or go to GMA? I said, it could be closer. What's GMA though? Good morning, America. Sorry for morning show lingo, lol. I said, well, rarely. I don't, and she said, I don't watch either, not even my own stuff, haha. -ha. I said, because I sleep as long as I can before I work, aha, exactly. I said, I've dabbled though. She said, lol, dabble? I said, 
stumbled into Good Morning America once when I was trying to get Saturday Night Live tickets early one morning not long ago. She said, ha, those things are so hard to get. I said, yeah, they were filming Good Morning America um, as I was walking in the background outside of the set because uh, the windows are, are open, right? And I was like, man, am I on camera right now? And then I had to get moving because somebody said, get out of the thing. So I had my opportunity to make a silly face. By the way, guys, this is off, off the text. I had my opportunity to make some silly faces or something on Good Morning America in the background. Uh, maybe some dance moves or my, my 2017 robot, as you may see on my Instagram account, known as the droid, T-H-E-D-R-O-Y-D. You can find my wonderful robot inspired by Kevin Rutland, former football player at, for the Jaguars, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and former Mizzou buddy of mine. Um, I give him props for it. Uh, and I was able to add my own spin. Anyway, uh, I, I missed the opportunity because I didn't even realize it whenever I uh, was going to get Saturday Night Live tickets as I went that day. Anyway, she goes, safe to assume you watch N SNL? I said, when I can. She said, good, SNL, good. I said, clips here and there, yeah. That was my dream as a kid. She said, I wanted to be the costume designer. I said, that'd be awesome. She goes, I applied to an intern internship in that department, but end up with Today Show instead. Womp womp. I said, I'd say you've got a damn good landing. Something to be very proud of. She goes, yeah, I really don't take it for granted. I know I'm lucky. Are you familiar with the SNL Back Home Baller skit? I said, that's good. Not off the top of my head. She said, ah, arguably my favorite skit ever. Brilliant writing and costumes. I'll check it out. She says, I said, I'll check it out. And she says, I think it's not quite as impactful for guys it is, as it is for girls, but still worth the three minutes. All right, I got to go pack for the trip, but it was great talking to you. I said, I just watched it. It's true for me. I get pampered and babied when I go home. It's nice. Good luck with everything and safe travels. Good talking. Guys, are you still entertained by this conversation or are you bored? Because I'm going to keep going. It's not too much longer, but I said, how was your trip? She said, hey, could have been better, could have been worse. I said, that doesn't sound too great. She said, the friends I was with are prone to engaging in drama. I managed to stay out of it, but even watching secondhand can be rough, lol. I said, drama is good to avoid, ha ha. Well, I wanted to reach out because tonight is probably the only night I can hang out this week because I'm flying to Colorado Wednesday night through Sunday. That was when I went snowboarding, guys. Very good of me to go to, to, you know, ask this girl to hang out last minute. I wonder what my deal was. Anyway, she says, ah, gotcha. Thanks for letting me know. Want to schedule something for next week? I think tonight is going to be a stay home and go to sleep early night for me. I said, whatever works best, smiley face. She said, okay, cool. Want to tentatively schedule something for next Thursday? I says, sure. I'm doing comedy that night, so if you want to come check it out, cool, or we could meet after. She goes, oh, fun, what time does that start slash end? I said, er, and then she goes, I can also do Wednesday or Friday if that's easier for you. I'm open to anything, really. I'm like, anything? No, I didn't say that, but in my mind I thought that. She gave me a little smiley face. It wasn't a wink face, though, so I think it was, you know, she was being platonic with that statement, and I didn't get overexcited because, you know what, I'm not like a baby rattlesnake anymore where I can't control my venom guys I can control my venom 
Anyway, I says, if we meet Friday, we could make a night of it, assuming it goes well. The show Thursday starts at 7.30. I might be able to chill for a little tomorrow night, but I might not know until this time tomorrow. Right? Just speaking the truth to her. I'm just spitting the truth at this lady. She said, let's do next Friday. I have faith in us. And I have a busy few days coming up anyway. By late next week, things should be back to normal. I said, sounds good. She said, so what you headed to Colorado for? I said, snowboarding trip. Do you ski or snowboard? She said, I actually never have been. Um, I'm going to omit where she said she's from just to kind of give her less identifying details. She said, I'm really good at wearing cute boots and fur hats, though, and truthfully, that's what's important for my ski trip. I said, ha, yeah, that's important. What part of where you're from are you from, right? I got to edit that. Anyway, she tells me where she has uh, been. I said, want to text instead of talk on here, right? I finally asked her for her number there. She gave it to me. Should I read off the digits for you guys? Feel free to write this down. Area code. No. Anyway, I don't think I need to read the text conversation from there, but I'm sure you want to know what the latest is. So out of respect for you and the fact that I don't want to give my audience members blue balls out of love, uh, we have hung out a couple times, we've had uh, a couple fun interactions in person, and um, she's going to try to uh, get me a spot on uh, a segment on Good Morning America. Uh, nice girl, uh, really cool, I really hope for great things for her in the future, whether or not they're with me, that is TBD, but she's a nice gal. Um, Anyway, opened up with something different there for you guys. It took me 18 minutes to get through that. That is scary, to be honest. I might need to edit the shit out of that. But I may not edit it at all, if you think about it, right? I mean, who cares? I've been having fun. I don't know how you guys felt about me getting into that thing where I was doing my voice, but it felt natural and it made me horny. So, frankly and dankly, I don't know what to tell thee, other than, hopefully, it made thee happy. Hey! <laughs> Alright, uh, the Super Bowl was last weekend. If you can't tell, that's a transition there, guys. And I promised her I'd do the Michael Strahan. I'm going to do it for you guys as well as we talk about this, because it's very relevant. Um, and I think I've done it before, but anyway, it never gets old when you do an old Michael Strahan my first uh, exposure to him was actually a Super Bowl several years ago when the New York Giants won for the first time. I think they actually beat the Patriots. Uh, I think Eli Manning, the only man that can defeat Tom Brady, apparently, um, led that team to the Super Bowl. And they were interviewing Michael Strahan at the time, asking, Hey, Mr. Strahan, what does today really mean to you? Tell us about the magnitude of this Super Bowl. And they explained from your words how you describe your feelings and he goes yeah yeah well today we is like two trains on the track and one of them trains I gotta get off that track very quick and simple answer and I respected that you know I respected that anywho uh, Thomas Brady freaking Thomas Aquinas Brady has earned him and the Patriots have earned the title and I will be honest I, I made a Facebook video um, expressing how it wasn't a battle between the two 
teams, the Falcons and the Patriots, but it was more so a battle between Tom Brady and Joe Montana for the greatest quarterback of all time. Now, not to put uh, Terry Bradshaw down, but those are the three quarterbacks that had four, they were tied for four Super Bowls. Montana, I believe, I don't know if Brady was 4-0, or he might have been in the Super Bowl, but Montana was for sure, and I've always felt as if you know, having grown up in San Francisco, that Montana was the greatest quarterback of all time, and I never wanted to see that threatened, you know, and, and he'll always be my favorite. I am no sunshine patriot, for lack of a better word, no pun intended, or no um, literal meaning intended. Um, that is a uh, idiom. The sunshine patriot phrase is an idiom, meaning it's not to be taken literally. It's an old an old phrase that means somebody who's a fair weather fan. I'm not a bandwagoner, right? But I do give props to Tom Brady and the Patriots. It was one of the most phenomenal comebacks. Well, it was the most phenomenal comeback in Super Bowl history um, and one of the biggest comebacks in NFL history altogether. And he, he deserves to be given the title greatest quarterback of all time now. That was the one feat that he um, needed to accomplish, and several records were broken in the game, and I gracefully bestow that honor upon Tom Brady. He's not my favorite of all time. Joe Montana always will be, and he'll be my personal go-to boss forever. Um, but Tom Brady, on paper um, and street cred-wise, has earned that title, and I give him props and, and respect. Um, and he, he, they, the Patriots came back fairly and squarely, and uh, it was awesome. It was really cool to see. The only thing that really disappointed me or surprised me is that at the very end of the game, instead of, you know, they, they ran the football into the end zone, and I thought for sure that Tom Brady would be passing the ball to Lady Gaga for the game-winning TD. I mean... The way she caught that thing to end her performance just showed what an athlete she is. Golly! Freaking Lady Gaga Goo Goo. Um, great Super Bowl performance. I'm a fan of Lady Gaga. I definitely don't dislike her, right? Um, and uh, I respect her artistic creativity. Um, you can, you know, she's she's great. And, you know, Tony Bennett probably had a stiffy the entire time she was on stage. Um, actually, I don't know. I, I wonder if Tony Bennett has ever fooled around with Lady Gaga and vice versa, right? I mean, he, he definitely likes her as a person. I'm sure he's attracted to her. Uh, I wonder if he uh, dabbles in Viagra to, uh, you know, help take care of Lady Gaga's sexual needs. I don't know, but I know that they have something going. And uh, it's exciting. It may just be an asexual platonic relationship where they appreciate each other as artists. Or maybe they do and they fornicate. I don't know. I would be curious, but um, I did overhear... This is my impression of Tony Bennett watching Lady Gaga from home uh, during the Super Bowl. Oh, Lady Gaga, she's so tremendous. I mean... Oh, man, back in 1930, when I first met Frank Sinatra, uh, he told me, he, he sang a song about charisma and, and what it's like to really capture an audience. And, and Lady Gaga, she has it. She is so talented, and I'm just so thankful to have met her. She's, 
she's really gonna do big things. She's already done big things, but she's got she's got a, a very bright future ahead of her. Now uh, this next one goes out to Lady Gaga. One, two, three. <laughs> so that's like my uh, Tony Bennett. But what do you guys think of the Super Bowl? Are you upset? There's a lot of haters out there uh, of Tom Brady um, before the Super Bowl, but hey, you know, there's no denying, um, there's no denying greatness when you've seen it. The last time I remember seeing something like that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Michael Oldroyd, when I'm listening to this in the future, um, but Michael Jordan, when you know, I remember when Michael Jordan, you know. They take it to a a a level that you didn't even think was necessarily possible, right? Um, you know, the, the Patriots broke a barrier. It's like when you hit the sonic boom for the first time, and then you you break through the sonic boom, right? It's like something you didn't even know was there. And I remember seeing Jordan and the Bulls do that when they won like their sixth, fifth or sixth champion. I I can't even remember off the top of my head which one. But it was, it was, you know, I remember seeing Jordan as a kid, and everyone knows it. It's just like this dude is, this dude is, he's becoming more than, more than a great player. You know, it's, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to, I don't even know how to define it. Um, but um, definitely something to aspire to be uh, in any field, I think, right? Um, would you guys like the Super Bowl? I mean, my favorite, I love the commercials. I loved, uh, I love that Scientology put an ad out. That was pretty sexy, right? Um, especially since religion and spirituality obviously come from great marketing and really expensive ads during the Super Bowl. Um, can you guys imagine if, um, other religions started getting Super Bowl ads, like Got Jesus? Or, um, you know, you know, I mean, that's the, I mean, if, if, you know, Judaism or, um, the Muslim religion, uh, put out a, a Super Bowl ad, I mean, that would be, uh, that would be really ridiculous, you know? Anywho, uh, what's going on in my life? Getting ready for the move. Oh, I saw one of my buddies in the LeBron James commercial. Well, I guess I can't really call this guy my buddy. Uh, but I knew him in Hollywood when I lived out there, so it was good. He was the guy that said, Come on, LeBron, just, uh, just uh, drink the Sprite or whatever. I can't remember what it was, but, you know, he was like the fun. It, it made me giggle, and I was like, oh, I know that guy. Um, used to perform at the comedy store. I'm sure he still does. I don't know what he's doing these days. He was pretty funny though. His his stand up was uh very out there and unique, which I appreciate. He would just get on stage and, and yell and didn't really like connect with the audience or anything, but like it was so absurd that it was funny. So, I like that. You know, I like that type of stuff. Uh people that are willing to to kind of get out there and rotate the crops. Uh, but what's what's new in my life, right? Um, what I, I'm gonna mix it up with a couple different things for you guys, right? I'm uh, there's only so much I can talk about me, right? So I'm gonna try to cut a ton of stuff about me out of this podcast and start like doing more like topics about the world, you know, like what's going on in the world, basically, right? Like go through my New York Times 
application and find out what is, you know, like the headlines that I know something about or like, you know, what movies have you seen lately? Are you excited about John Wick 2? Keanu Reeves, my, my freaking man. My brother's, uh, my brother has two cats. One of them is named Michael and the other one is named Keanu. Um, I think it's pretty freaking awesome. So technically Keanu's my brother, uh, is how I look at it. And, uh, yeah, so my life has been really busy. Uh, you know, work, there's never enough hours in a day, guys, right? Like 24 is, 24 is not enough hours and life is something, you know, I feel like, uh, everything's about momentum. If you want to get something done, give it to a busy person is what my dad always used to say, right? So if there was more hours in a day, you might get less done because you thought you had more time and then you would just procrastinate. So really it's all just a big mind battle slash I don't know you know I don't know I don't know what I'm saying I don't even know what I'm talking about right now um but yeah getting ready for my move I'm excited to go down to the financial district I you know I'm gonna get some movers and, uh, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna help me because there's no elevator and I have a fifth floor walk up here. So we're gonna grab my stuff and got three fellas that are gonna, uh, throw all my gear in the back of a truck and take it down there to save my back. I've gotten to the point in life where I can finally feel comfortable paying movers to, to do that type of stuff for me. And I'm excited, you know, that I finally, um you know what, it's worth, it's worth it, right? Uh, I gotta, I gotta box up all my stuff. I don't know how I'm gonna do this, guys. You know, I'm trying to do comedy, I've got a freaking job. How am I supposed to go on dates with girls and still get ready for my move? I mean, I, until today, I literally had laundry piled so high, several piles in my bedroom, that the only way to describe it, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Aladdin, but whenever Aladdin goes down into that thing where all the treasure is and he just sees mounds and mounds of gold, well, I have mounds and mounds of laundry that are so high that they're like above my head. And uh, I did some laundry today, so I cut down on those mounds, which is exciting. Uh, but I've got my work cut out for me over the next two weeks to... Uh, to box all this stuff up. I, I don't know how I'm going to do it, honestly. If anyone wants to help... Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, if anybody out there like wants to help me move, hit me up. Buzz me, baby. You know? Uh, come on over. Feel free to uh, give me an extra hand. And, and I got to order some boxes off Amazon so I can just throw everything into a box. Maybe you can help me throw some stuff in boxes, guys. Maybe we've never met before, but you know what? This is an opportunity to... <laughs> This is oper this is an opportunity to meet the person behind the Michael Oldroyd comedy podcast. <laughs> um, that's fun. All right, I've been doing I've been dabbling with Periscope and Facebook Live a little bit. I haven't really, you know, I think there's a time and a place for that. I don't know if I'm going to continue doing podcasts on Periscope so that I don't get tricked into giving people free advertising and <laughs> I did I was trying to do a podcast the other day and I'm, it's like hard to focus because you see people's like comments coming in and I'm sitting here talking about the Super Bowl in my childhood 
dreams about football and some random person in some random part of the world is like, sing, sing a song, sing. Like every like 30 seconds, they're like, sing for us. I'm like, did I ever say anything about singing? Like what, I didn't even, I don't even pretend that I'm a singer. Like where is this coming from, dude? Like that's, that's so obscure, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Speaking of singing, though, and, and being commanded to sing, one of the most, like, like, how many people do you think want to sing on command? You know, if, like, someone just came up to you and was like, sing for me, do you, that you don't know, like, how would you respond to that? I, anyway, when I moved out to L.A., there was some scams out there uh, as far as getting an agent. I remember... Uh, I was submitting myself to to different people trying to get an agent, and one company responded right, and they get all excited like, "Oh, you're," they make it sound like you're so special and all this stuff. You show up and it's like a cattle call. It's like three hundred and eighty-seven thousand people sitting in the waiting room with a line outside, um, and every like as soon as I saw those people, and I don't mean to sound judgmental, but you know if someone's like a polished entertainer. And just, like, moms and their kids are there. And, you know, just, like, the entire spectrum of untalented and unexperienced people were there because, you know, everyone and their dog uh, was called back by this uh, by this agency, right? So, anyway, I did my uh, audition by this lady. It was so impersonal. Like, she was just like... What are your uh, what are your measurements, right? Like, uh, do you do this? Do you do this? Like, like she didn't give a like, like she's like looking at me like I'm an object, like I had no soul, basically, and uh, and then uh, she's like, well, you you make it to the second round of assessments, right, of the vetting process, if you will. So I show up. Uh, at the meeting time that we uh, scheduled and I was like the only person there I think it was midday or something during a work week so I didn't get too excited or feel special but they make me wait I go into this office with some random dude with an accent I don't even know where he was from but he he was a little more personal and then he literally said you know he's going through his checklist of questions he goes do you sing and I said yeah he goes sing a song <laughs> I was like what it's like come on man like that doesn't even feel, I don't even feel like you deserve me to sing a song for you, you know? Like, I felt like I gave away a piece of my soul singing a song for this fool, and I, I didn't even know what song to sing, so I just like, I don't even remember what song I tried singing. It's like my voice wasn't even warmed up. I was like, I, I, I got done singing that song, and I just felt stupid, you know what I mean? Like... Like, I can't believe I just sang a song for this grown man here that I don't even know. Anyway... Uh, he said, okay, well, you pa he goes, let me make some calls, wait in the hallway, right? So he goes, uh, he brings me back into his office and goes, I, uh, I made some calls to corporate. You have the look that we're looking for. We're willing to bring you on. Isn't that exciting? And I said, yeah, well, what does that mean exactly? And he goes, N um, we're ready to get started. We're ready to start taking pictures through our style. He goes, it's just $500, um, we'll get you an entire portfolio of pictures and, and all these things. And I was like, wait, I pay you money? That's not how it should work, at least from my perspective. I was like, I don't even know you guys. Like, how do I know that after I pay you guys, I'll even get work from this? I don't even, you know, I, I don't even know what I'm signing up 
for <laughs> if I do this, you know? And I just get this crappy feeling in my stomach, like I'm getting scammed here and uh, by some pyramid scheme. And he's like, oh, wait, you, you think we should invest money in you? He's like, no. He's like, no, no, we, no, that's not, we're not interested in, 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 in investing money. That's not how it works. And he like, he like started to get frustrated with me like I'm an asshole. You know, like I'm an asshole because I don't want to pay him $500 for his business model where I'm never going to hear from them again and they're going to give me subpar um, bullshit, if anything, for my portfolio. Um, I've already, I already had headshots. I already had the old nine yards. So that was like the one time I tried getting an agent. I gave up after that, which is a sad... <laughs> Don't give up, Mike. Um, anyway, no, at some point an agent will come to you. I feel like if I get on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, some agent will be hitting me up after that. Um, anyway, <clears throat> as long as I don't get drunk and make a fool of myself on national television and get kicked off. Uh, I do have a friend that did that, and it was hilarious, and, um, you know, I actually, I, I think that's pretty pretty exciting and entertaining. Anyway, I'm going to move on from that topic. Um, <clears throat> hope you guys are doing well. It's snowing here in New York right now. Oh, another time I have to tell you about the time that I went, I think I was either going to another agency or something and I walked in without an appointment. It was like Hollywood somewhere, like some big time agency and I'll just tell you now, fudge it, right? So there was some big time, you know, I dressed up in a suit, like I spent a whole day preparing like, you know, getting all ready, you know, I had my lines down of what I was going to say, because, you know, they don't answer calls or whatever, right, so I, I, I go down, it's like 9,000 Hollywood Boulevard, right, it's like, right, oh, Sunset Boulevard, actually, right, where, that's where it's at, right, so, you know, I find parking, I go through the trouble, I barely had money, you know, I probably spent my entire life savings on just filling my tank right then and there for that trip, I mean, obviously, I'm exaggerating, but, Nevertheless, just know a lot of effort went into this, and it's probably something very few people ever do is where they'll just walk in and wing it and hope that something happens. But I figured, fuck it, why not? I'm confident in myself as a person. I think I'll do better showing up in person than being just a resume or something uh, and, a, and a phone number or a missed call or a voicemail. So I did that. <clears throat> I somehow get past security to go up into the elevator, you have to have like a key card to get up there. I can't remember what I said. Oh, I said I have an appointment um, with, with, you know, like CAA or whatever agents. You know, CAA is one of the big ones. I don't know the name of it off the top of my head because I can't remember. But I get up into the elevator. I take a deep breath. I'm in my suit, you know, like making sure I'm, I'm fresh. And uh, I get out of the elevator I walk into the first room on that floor, uh, on the floor that it's supposed to be on, and I said, hi, I'm looking for X agency, and this girl is sitting at the desk, you know, really pretty girl or whatever, and I could see there's, like, other desks and, like, other pretty girls, like, working, I'm like, man, this is what Hollywood is, cool, so this is where all the cute chicks are, and anyway, she's like, wait, you're looking for what agency? I was like, blank, blank, whatever, she goes, uh, we're a shoe designer shoe factory, and come to find out, I went through all that trouble and the agency had moved locations. So an entire day <laughs> was wasted on that one wad that I blew right there. But hey, I'm glad I tried. 
you miss every shot you don't take. Uh, it was a good experience and a fun story, uh, if nothing else. I have another story that I have to tell you guys sometime, but we'll break it up so you don't have to keep your attention span uh, uh, too long at one time. I, I was walking down Hollywood Boulevard and I saw a really pretty girl and... Fuck it, I'm just going to tell you guys the story. <laughs> Alright, this is going to be like the rest of the podcast. Is I'm just going to pretend I'm going to like do a story and then... I say like tell you guys that I'm gonna save it for later just to wet your palate and then I'm gonna tell the story it's just gonna be a, like an ongoing pattern ten more stories for another thirty minutes no um so I how did I, I was with my buddy Chris which you know I've had on the on the uh, on the podcast already <laughs> guys I wouldn't do this at this age in life I I'm much more mature than I than I was back then but uh, Chris and I are driving down Sunset Boulevard or Hollywood Boulevard. And we see this gorgeous blonde, right? And by gorgeous, you can't really see up close, so you never really know. Like, sometimes girls look striking from afar. You know, some people are photogenic, some people, whatever, you know. Anyway, from the, vis from the visual we had, she just had everything that you would, that most guys find attractive physically, right? Um, and she carried herself as if she knew she was attractive, right? So, so Chris and I... <clears throat> I'm like, Chris, let me out of the car about 100 yards ahead of where she's walking, and I'm going to get out, and I'm going to try to interact with her, right? Because I'm already in a suit that day. I forget what day. It was a different day, but I was already in a suit, and I was already feeling, you know, good. I, I was like, I got to, like, make this suit look last, right? Uh, it's not every day that I, I, I'm dressed up or whatever. So I get out of the car just like Chris, uh, just like I requested of him, and I see... I wait. I see the girl walking my way still, so I play it cool, and I start walking her way. And my goal was to kind of like ask her a question, like stop and just be like, "Excuse me, I'm looking for what," and then be like, "Oh, you know what? Um, who knows what I was gonna say at that time in my life?" But somehow I wanted the opportunity to talk to talk to her and, you know, to take a chance. So. <clears throat> because I'm nervous, right? I, the more you, I thought about it, the more nervous I got. Um, I didn't even like think about it, but I made the mistake of entering the intersection as she was entering the intersection, crossing the street, going different ways. And then as we like cross, as I'm getting ready to cross her path, I'm like, wait, I can't like start a conversation with a girl in the middle of an intersection. <laughs> so, so, so I didn't say anything because it was like terrible timing, which is my fault. And I was just so nervous that it didn't even occur to me that I was being a freaking buffoon. Um, I wait for her to pass. I wait another 30 seconds so I can walk back to the car without her seeing me turn around and look like another freaking idiot. And uh, I say, Chris, I, I messed up. Here, let's let's drive past her. Take, take me down another couple hundred yards ahead of her, and I'm going to try again. <laughs> so this time... I, you know, I, I had some clothes and I'm like, you know what, this is my, I'm wearing my best outfit, but I can't wear that again. Otherwise she'll be like, am I in a sci-fi movie or something? So I like changed my, I took my blazer off, changed my shirt into something more casual. And I think I like took my sunglasses off or something and put on a hat. I don't, I don't remember exactly. I just know that I changed my outfit. That's what matters for the story. And he drops me off a couple hundred yards ahead. And this time I crossed the street way before she got there and waited I was just chilling at the intersection so it seemed like right I, had th I was just like doing my thing like chilling on the corner and uh, 
Sure enough, she finally walks up, walks past me. I'm like, excuse me, miss, uh, I have a question for you. And she she had headphones in, and I knew she heard me, right? You, you know when someone hears you. I knew she heard me, but she pretended she didn't. And she used her headphones as an excuse to not engage with me. So I tried one more time, and I was like, uh, beg your pardon, but uh, you, you look really great today. You know, or something, you know, something like... Just like one last cast of the fishing line, and uh, you know she ignored me completely and uh, and just kept walking right. But you know I, I felt proud of myself for trying and, and you know up close after I did try like I was less attracted to her up close right. Like when it all came down to it, I was like you know what like I'm almost I'm glad I did it because one I realized. You know, I, I left nothing out there, like, meaning, like, I gave it my best shot. And two, I realized that actually she, she's a lot better looking from afar than she is up close for me. Not to sound sexist or that objective, you know, that, you know, women are just, you know, I just care about looks or whatever. Guys, stop. I'm tired of all these feminists being too feminist, right? Like, I'm just speaking the truth based on animal instincts and my attraction to her. So stop judging me if you are. All right? Anyway. Um... <clears throat> I respect women, obviously. I mean, check out my freaking Bumble conversation. I treated that woman like a... It was very uh, subjective and, and personal and, and caring, right? I didn't just send her a, an immediate, uh, imp inappropriate uh, text or picture, right? So, <clears throat> I'm maturing is what I'm trying to say, guys. <clears throat> uh, anyway... Um, that's that's that Hollywood story. Those are two kind of fun Hollywood stories that I don't think I've told you guys before that hopefully you can appreciate. Um, yeah, just back to back to kind of what's going on. Life's life's just busy. I'm sure you guys are busy. You may all my friends are having kids now. Um, I'm just watching the same cycle over and over, uh, and it's cute. It's great. I say I say that in in. in in an endearing manner it's it's awesome you know everyone's got stuff going on everyone's got their job their life you know getting ready for trips here and there certain limited number of pto days now you know i'm planning my brother's bachelorette party um just all kinds of stuff guys everyone's you know everyone's got their stuff that they gotta that they've gotta do um <clears throat> But yeah, comedy's going well. Uh, tonight I, I was supposed to be performing at the Greenwich Village Comedy Club because I perform there every Thursday night now. Uh, but this week's show was canceled. Uh, next week we're back on if you guys want to come out. It's uh, 7.30 start time for anyone who's in New York's Thursdays. Uh, I don't even know what day of the week that is. Um, I know Valentine's Day is coming up the date that I was conceived. So that's Tuesday. So that's actually my 31st birthday, if you really think about it. It's my parents' anniversary and the night I was conceived. Yes, I am a love baby. Um, hence the name Michael. <laughs> um, born in St. Joseph's Hospital uh, later that year. All right, enough about me. Um, let's see here. Um, so next Thursday, comedy, come out, two drink minimum. If you're with me, you get in for free, depending on if we're friends or not, or if I know you. <laughs> Otherwise, it's $20 per ticket. Um, so get at me, talk to me. Um, 
the UCB classes are going well. We're starting to bond with the group. It's opened up horizons and, um, you know, kind of thought-provoking things uh, in other ways. It's a great exercise for comedy in general. It helps work. Um, you know, it's kind of like meditating, um, except completely different. Um, bear, hear me out here. What I mean is in the benefit of it, right? So what I mean is uh, the improv classes and the interactions and engagements with other people and, and being challenged to, to think outside my normal way of doing things in comedy, uh, I think it increases new neural pathways and, and uh, probably increases my, my temporary intelligence so I'm not just going, Dad, get on stage, do the same black, white jokes, penis jokes. But, you know, they're like... It's legitimately helping me grow, I think, and it's like meditation because my buddy Jimmy has started doing meditation yoga, and he says that uh, he's like really he's doing like some forty day plan where he does like two forty minute sessions a day, and you know it started off with like two twelve hour days of meditation yoga, but he says like it increases your intelligence, your memory. Uh, your relaxation, like all these things. So what I'm saying is improv <laughs> is doing the same things for me that meditation is doing for Jimmy. Just imagine what would happen to me if I started meditating. Oh, we'll see. Um, no, I have a meditation bowl. I don't even know how to do it properly, but I've got the bowl. So I'll just kind of like do some vibrations on the bowl sometimes and just feel cool, you know? Um, <clears throat> but... Yeah, um, the the comedy, right? I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Comedian with Seinfeld, or it's uh, it's a like a documentary, and he talks about getting back on stage after years of being out of the game, and it takes him about six months to come up with a routine. Well, since I've been going regularly lately, um, I noticed that it's like a muscle, like going to the gym. I'm I'm going more regular, and I'm I'm able to mold my set each time and not have to start from scratch or square one. It's like a continual molding process to where each set or performance builds on the last, which is kind of cool. And it's really starting to help me open up and get real and talk about not just me from an honest standpoint, but be able to talk about the world from my opinion, right? And I think ultimately that's what we want to, that's what we want to work toward as a comedian is being aware of what's going on in the world, things that are universal, and then being able to talk about those things, but from my perspective, right? A lot of people get news from comedians um, because watching the normal news is too boring, but you get not only the news when you watch a comedian, because it should be based on honesty and not alternative facts, but it should be also entertaining because the comedian shares a slant or perspective um, and hopefully humor. That's, that's obviously the goal, but yeah, some things that I've been talking about in my set a lot lately, which is, um, I think relevant for the times is you know, obviously talking, it's, it's easy to talk about Trump, right? Every single comedian out there is talking about Trump and, and, and the, uh, what's going on, you know, currently. Uh, but you know, I'm trying to dabble in, and like the second tier from that, like dig a little bit deeper, right? Like the racial relations, uh, the women's rights, um, you know, gay rights, uh, you know, things like that. Mm, I don't really dabble in the religious stuff with Islam, but I think that there's a, there's a lot of material there that if done right, you know, it could be entertaining. Um, but nevertheless, 
uh, I, I've come up with some ideas, right? I'll, I'll share with you guys some ideas that uh, that I've been thinking of. Um, one one thought is, you know, about the race stuff, right? Like, to me, racism sucks, and bandwagon bandwagon racism sucks as well, right? And I feel like racism today has been exposed more and it's out in the open more like people are more comfortable that are racist actually they're more comfortable exposing their racism but as a result of that it's it's not cool to be racist right now but it's less terrible according to um society's um as a broad scale right so like because uh the i'm not gonna say trump trump followers are not racist However, there are very racist. There are followers of Trump that are racist. Does that make sense? It's like a square is a rhombus, but a rhombus is not a square. You're not a racist just because you like Trump. However, there are people that like Trump that are racists. And uh, as a result of such a large group of people, um, I feel like it's it's almost becoming like a, an in thing right now uh, where... There's actually bandwagon racists, guys. As sad as that sounds... First of all, I don't respect bandwagon anything, right? Bandwagon Patriot fans, uh, bandwagon Lady Gaga fans, bandwagon racists. Not only do I not respect bandwagon racists, but I don't like them either. I don't, I don't respect regular racists, don't get me wrong. Uh, and, and I don't like them either, but I... You know, I just find them to be extremely... Uh, Ignorant, however, you know, that can be rectified. Sometimes they just haven't had the opportunity to uh, be exposed to a world outside of their own limited viewpoint. Um, I was very lucky to play football growing up, you know. I've, I've talked about it before, but, you know, collaborative sports where you're involved in diversity or collaborative anything where there's diversity and you're working toward a common goal very quickly eliminates prejudice, whether it's racism Feminism, uh, or sorry, feminism is a good thing. Um, racism, sexism, um, homophobia, or um, you know all the people that are uh, prejudiced toward the LGBT community. Um, you know, if you're if you're working toward a common goal uh, with uh, people that are different from you or the way you were raised, you'll quickly realize, wow, you're gonna break down those barriers of of uh, of ignorance, in my opinion, right? So, anyway, the people that are racist and bag and wagon racists um, definitely need some help and uh, need to have some barriers broken down. But nevertheless, this whole thing... I also don't like the whole white supremacy thing, right? Like, I hate that people think that just because I'm a white male that I should... I should... Uh, I should go around um, admitting my uh what do they even call it it's good that i'm not remembering because it's very controversial and it's better that i don't even talk about it so i'm gonna move on all i can say is i experienced racism as a white guy when i walked onto the missouri football team frankly i don't think i got a very good chance playing football um as a wide receiver because of the color of my skin so i'm tired of people um pretending that you know uh, or being ignorant enough to think that white people just automatically get everything uh, for being white, right? Like, I was 
extremely um, racially profiled and did not to, did not get to play when I was much more athletic um, on paper than than a lot of the African Americans that were uh, ahead of me. So go figure, guys. Anyway, um, I, I I have been talking about how it is racist to just go around saying that. It is racist to say that black dudes have big dicks, right? You, you may think that that's a compliment, and it may come off as... Some people might call it reverse racism, but frankly, guys, what you don't realize... I played football for several years. Not all black dudes have big dicks, and there's a healthy number of African-American men that don't, and frankly, you know, it's bullshit that we put so much pressure, and, uh, you know, how do you think... Uh, how do you think some some somebody feels when, you know, they're expected to have a big penis and uh, they take off their pants and they don't, you know? I mean, I think it's bullshit and we're not showing an amount of empathy here and that is why I'm going to start a march for African-American men with small peni. Uh, I'm ready. I'm going to make signs. I'm going to get out there and... Uh, I don't have my slogan yet, but I am writing that. If anybody has any ideas for a poster that I can make, that I can get out there and uh, you know march for African American men with small peni, I'm all ears um, because I think it's a great cause to get behind. Anyone who wants to join me on this cause, please write to me or join or join me when you see me outside of Trump Tower and different parts of New York with a following. Um, you'll see it on the news. Feel free to, to get behind this cause. It'll be, uh, it'll be pretty raw. It'll be pretty dank. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, I, I took that strength finder test. I think I told you guys my greatest strength is empathy. And, um, I think that my empathy is, is being exposed right now. My empathy is exposed when I have intercourse with women. Uh, this is kind of a new topic, but, um, uh, what bridges it together is the empathy thing. Frankly, I've realized, you know, we're all one, guys. We're all one. You know, this is, whether you want to call it spiritual, religious, I don't think it's, I don't, it's in a topic, I don't know what category this is in, but we're all one. And that's why when I'm having sex with a woman, I'm actually having sex with myself, guys. So it's important that I treat her right and I go down on her. Because if I don't, really, I'm just not, I'm just not getting gone down on. If that makes sense, it, it, it all it all comes out in the wash, guys. Right? So, do the right things. Don't cut corners. Pleasure women when they want it, of course. Right? Don't do the the Donald Trump thing, where you um, well, you know, I uh, whatever. Uh, we'd have to talk about things case by case to really uh, break it down. So. Yeah. Anyway, moving moving on, I uh, I wanted to kind of look at a couple uh, maybe headlines and just kind of break those down from my perspective. I um, growing up, I was very I purposefully kind of stayed out of what was going on in the world, especially politically, uh, economically, right. But going to business school naturally, you're gonna get tied into the economy and uh, the more the more you stay on top of what's relevant because the economy definitely impacts 
um, business um, on a wide scale, you kind of have to be educated on what's going on, what's the latest. So it's forced me to be more aware, not just the economy, but how that entire intertwines with the political environment. So I can actually give credit to going to school and having a job to helping me become a better comedian because it forces me to kind of be more aware. Uh, what I'm trying to say is I'm glad I know more about what Voldemort's doing while he's in office. Um, what do you guys think? Is, is Voldemort uh, destroying things uh, too much lately, or, or is he is he is he not as bad of a as a, of a dark wizard as you thought? Or do you think that the the best is yet to come? Is the worst yet to come? I don't know. I hope that, I hope that. Uh, I hope that Harry Potter um, either defeats Voldemort quickly or Voldemort has a change of heart and becomes good. Or is good. I don't know. Maybe he just looks like... I don't know what... Guys, I don't know. I don't know Donald Trump, right? As a person. Everyone's labeled this guy as evil. Um, I think he's disrespectful from the interviews that I've seen and he's kind of classless. You know, like just the fact that... He, He's so sarcastic on Twitter, just shows, I mean, he obviously doesn't give a fuck, but I think he, it just doesn't show much respect, and it makes him seem like a, a middle school kid in a lot of ways, right? It's, he's the opposite of Obama when it comes just to having class. Now, as far as policies go, I don't have a ton of information on that, other than this Muslim, this Muslim ban, shit, I mean, that's terrible um you can't that's not the country we live in you don't discriminate by people's religion um you know that's it's 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 something a voldemort would do so um i want to start going around and destroying his horcruxes um by the way can you believe that girl from saturday night live got fired for making a joke um about his kid i mean I guess making a joke about someone's kid is kind of tasteless and classless, but, I mean, it's a joke, one. Two, it wasn't a threat. It wasn't... If it was a threat, that's absolutely unacceptable, and that person should... There should be repercussions for it. But she's on Saturday Night Live, for goodness sake. That's like a license. There, there shouldn't be limits on what you make fun of. So, it's sad that SNL hired, fired her... Um, I feel sorry for her, you know, um, and they demoralized her too. First she, she deleted the stuff, then she apologized, then they fire her. It's like, don't, that's, that's exactly what a Voldemort would do. You know what I mean? Make someone beg for their life just to like have them lose their dignity and then kill them. Like, great job Voldemort, you freaking dark wizard. Uh, anyway, um... Yeah, you know, apparently, uh, apparently the Muslim ban has been repealed. I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen there. We're building a wall. Apparently, relations with Mexico aren't going very well. Very smart, you know, very smart stuff. I don't know. I mean, it's we're gonna build the Great Wall of China in the southern part of of the United States. Sounds like a great use of our resources, guys. Considering a lot of our jobs are um, filled by 
Mexicans that I think, I don't know, some people might say that they're stealing our jobs, but frankly, I think other people could do those jobs and be pretty happy uh, um, if they wanted to. I don't think that the Mexicans are like more, I don't know, man, what I'm saying. I should probably shut up, honestly. Um, let me check the New York Times app real quick and just see if there's anything relevant that I want to do cover about Voldemort and this posse. This is, like, this podcast, like, sucks right now. <laughs> oh, so, Trump loses his court battle to reinstate travel ban. Okay, well, that's good. It sounds like uh, the government's pushing back on him, and he's not just gonna go and be a dictator. Hopefully, we keep that up, and people don't do the wrong thing out of fear and just cave into this guy, uh, which we kind of have just by letting them get in the office. Um, California farmers back Trump but now fear losing field workers. Interesting. Um, yeah, people really don't like Trump, man, across the board. I mean, it's a, it's a volatile situation we got going right now, guys. Let's see. Somebody showed up yearly to meet immigration agents and now they've deported her she's been living in the country for 21 years I'm sure she's got family here and roots wow that's I mean you can look at that two ways one she probably should have done the right thing and become a citizen and gone through that process my mom is an immigrant um you know, my mom is an immigrant, or was an immigrant, and she's an American citizen now, and she did it the right way, uh, but shoot, I mean, just to deport her without even giving her a chance, I mean, she should have gotten some kind of a warning or slap on the wrist, but it is kind of stupid of a woman to live here for 21 years and just assume that everything's always, you know, going to be fine if you didn't do the right thing, so, let's see, Conway, um, Talks of, she's advertising for um, Ivanka's shoe line or something, or did some advertising that people are concerned regarding their ethics, uh, regarding the, the 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 cabinet's ethics or or you know Conway's Conway's ethics. Yeah, I'd say that that's definitely a conf conflict of interest. I watched uh, the clip. It didn't seem too bad. It almost seemed playful, but at the same time, I guess it's not really a joke. You can't. You know, there's there certain lines, I guess, you have to, restrictions you have to abide by when you're, when you're that high up in government. Thank goodness uh, I pursued the route of comedy. Uh, let's see. I saw a thing where uh, a girl, t Trump tweeted something and a girl, like, fact-checked it. It was on BuzzFeed. I don't even know if that's, BuzzFeed doesn't seem like the most reliable source. It's more entertaining. I don't know, though. Really, I don't know. Nevertheless, though, um... This girl fact-checked it and just destroyed Trump, um, like, sentence by sentence. And uh, I thought that was interesting, right? I think that we should all do more fact-checking. Um, if anything, this, this entire thing has caused people to want to pay attention to more, more about what's going on and live up to their, their right to vote and actually be informed and not just, like, go with group think, right? So... Uh, snowstorm in New York. Yeah, I'm trying to get out to Philly. 
Um, stayed in. There was kind of a blizzard out there. It's cold. It's cold right now. It's good to stay in tonight and not do kind I'm glad the show was canceled so I could stay in, do my podcast, headed out to Philly tomorrow, taking the bus. Uh, it's going to be exciting to celebrate uh, Jimbo's birthday. You guys have met him before. Um, he was here uh, the other night, actually. We went out, went to the comedy store, which was cool. Grabbed a drink at the comedy store, went down there, took a pee in the bathroom so I could... I just wanted to hijack the restroom so I could just sit in there and listen to the, sh- the show all night without having to pay to be in the show, or whatever you want to call it, pay to, to watch it. Um, and uh, and then we went out and did an open mic, and it went... I, I did an absolute belly flop and landed on my face at this open mic. It was embarrassing for Jimmy to see me do so poorly. I literally... I'll, I will say this, though. Um, I had a bad kind of, like, entrance to the place, so I feel like people thought I was some kind of a jerk or something because the the person running the mic kind of made a scene when I showed up and, and was kind of, I asked a question or two and she kind of made a scene. So I got on stage and I felt like people weren't really on my side and I was like, oh, fuck, like, I feel like I'm going to have to pull, like, the biggest Tom Brady Super Bowl comedy set here. And I actually created a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh... The entire, like, the first three-fourths of the thing, I sucked. Uh, on st- Like, nobody was laughing at anything, and, like, one person walked out, actually. Um, and they were they were taking some of my racist stuff the wrong way, completely misunderstanding everything in the context that I was talking from. But nevertheless, I finally got some momentum at the very end and just smashed him over the head with a great, um, a great closer um, that got a lot of laughs, and, and Jimmy loved it, and... You know, it's it's. I literally lived up to the self-fulfilling prophecy of having like a great comeback at the very end. So it's funny how uh, sometimes we live up to self-fulfilling prophecies. Uh, guys, that's pretty much it. Hopefully, uh, if I take the train at all, I'll get one of those cabin things like Harry Potter stays in when he goes to and from Hogwarts. So yeah, I'm going to Hogwarts this weekend. Um, Got my wand, and hopefully I can uh, battle Trump. He lives down the street from me in, in Trump Tower. Um, you know, Voldemort. I'll uh, see if I can destroy his Horcruxes for you. You know, I feel like there's some people that would take that out of context and, and, and think that that's a threat to the president. Guys, it's a freaking joke, all right? So, um, for anybody out there, everyone's so sensitive. Everything's so PC these days. You know what? Fuck that. I'm sick of it. And it's making me want to, like, flex even more um, because I'm so sick of everyone having to screen everything that they say and be so careful. Who gives a shit, you know? Anyway, have a good one. It was nice uh, nice catching up with you guys on this one-way feed. Appreciate you listening to me this whole time. I love, uh, I love that you guys enjoy this, and I love that I love, uh, I love you for, for listening. Uh, I love my listeners. I love... I love me, I love you, I love us, you know. It's important to have self-love, guys. That's that's what I'm going to leave you on is um, don't just love others, also love yourself. It's important to have good self-esteem and, and appreciate you. And you know what gets that is hard work. Hard work helps build self-esteem. Um, that's something my dad taught me, and it's very true. And it's uh, I think a lot of people that know me would define me by uh, being a really hard worker. So um, maybe that's where some of that uh, self-confidence comes from. Anyway, guys, hope you have a good one. Uh, We'll talk again soon. Peace. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening.
By the way, am I the only one who's horny? <laughs>